This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Postcard from the Past and Wardour Studios, this is podcast from the past, the postcard podcast. This is the podcast where each time we risk our eyesight by squinting at the tiny figures on picture postcards, deciphering the spidery writing on the backs as we attempt to understand the memories, meanings and stories of picture postcards. I'm Tom Jackson. Today I'm delighted to say my guests are writer Victoria Richards and historian Catherine Ferry. Catherine and Victoria, hello and welcome. Hello. Hello. Now, Victoria Richards is, like so many of us these days, a hyphenate. Um, she's a journalist, a writer, and a poet. Um, she has in the past worked for BBC News, The Times, The Independent, has appeared on Newsnight, BBC World, and ITV News. Uh, she regularly writes for Independent Voices and HuffPost UK. Um, she's currently working on, when she gets out of this room, uh, a novel, a short story collection, flash fiction, books for children, and she's just had a book of poetry published, uh, Primus 4. And she has time for all this because uh, some years ago she gave up shopping. <laughs> and uh, and wrote the, about it. All the free time <laughs> has, has given her a chance to uh, continue her literary career. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that Victoria did, she co-founded uh, The Second Source, a group of female journalists tackling sexual harassment in the media. So Victoria comes to us with an E11 East London postmark. That's right. Yep. Uh, born and bred. My family are all, we're all born within the sound of Bow Bells. Um, uh, I feel a bit of an imposter, really, because I'm on the outskirts of it now, but very close to the beautiful bluebell woods of Wanstead Park, oh, which lovely. get lots of visitors every um, every spring when they come out. So uh, I wonder if there were postcards of Wanstead Park in the in the golden age. I'm sure there were. Yeah, there would have been. And it's just so beautiful. I mean, it's kind of over now. It's, it's sort of a brief two-week period, and then they all wither and die, but uh, you've got to make the most of it while they're there. Yes, the the poetry, the passing of time. Mm. And do you still send postcards? I have to admit that I don't very often, but I was quite surprised that I still receive them, it seems. Yes, um, I have my most recent postcard that I received, which was sent actually just about a month ago from my dad when we were at Kew Gardens together on the same day and he <laughs> snuck, <laughs> snuck off. Sneak off, exactly. <laughs> and uh, wrote a postcard and it's a wooden postcard featuring a penguin and he sent it to my children who were also at Kew Gardens. So it's all a bit meta but very, very nice. sweet, I think. So this is, this is you can hear it here. Yes. <laughs> Tom in the sound booth is panicking. So that's, that's a wooden, I mean, wooden postcards are quite a new thing, I think, aren't they? Well, yeah. and they're, I mean, they're, they're printed on on... Forestry Service Commission 
sort of agreed wood. Oh, so they haven't, they haven't um, destroyed a forest for it. No, I think it's good. It's from the Wooden Postcard Company. It's very oh, nice. I mean, very something good. you could probably use as a weapon if you, you know, it's got <laughs> know sharp edges. Leather postcards came in, in about 100 years ago. But, um, wow. And then there was all kinds of problems about what, how much you charged mm. for them. I wondered, was that a normal postage on that one? Um, yeah, look, first class stamp. And, and he got away with it. <laughs> I know. Very good. Very good. Oh, I'm glad to see that arrive. It would make a very pleasing sound on the doormat, no doubt. <laughs> yes, it would. A good clunk. Well, Catherine Ferry is probably Britain's most dedicated fan of the seaside. Um, to be honest, I'm a little disappointed that she hasn't come into the studio riding a donkey and clutching a stick of rock. Um, but it wouldn't have surprised me if she had. Uh, she fell in love with beach huts in 1998, has written two books about them. She's even judged beach hut competitions uh, on several occasions. Uh, her writing research has taken her from beach huts to bungalows to butlins and, in fact, the whole of the British seaside holiday in all its gaudy detail and colour. Mm. And, Catherine, what postmark do you find stamped on you? Um, I'm going to have to say the postmark of Great Yarmouth because it's my favourite seaside resort. So that's I, not somewhere you were born? Or? Uh, it's not, but I was born in the... In East Anglia. Okay. And I feel very drawn to that area. And I went to university there as well. So I kind of, that's kind of where I feel my kind of my heart is, I suppose. It's seeped under your skin. It has, yeah. And Great Yarmouth is just a beautiful seafront and it's got wonderful old Edwardian and Victorian buildings. And, yeah, I just sort of get a lift every time I go there. I would like to live there and make it a permanent postmark, but, you know... That will come. And, and as a fish, an aficionado of the seaside resort, is, does Great Yarmouth, is, is, is that the kind of the, the ultimate the, or the most typical or the most uh, atmospheric? It's just it's something about the seafront there because a lot of the old buildings survive. So it's got a winter garden, which is Victorian, and it's an iron and glass one, and it was taken to pieces. It started life in Torquay. And, um, Good Lord. Yeah, they built it in the wrong place, so nobody <laughs> used it. They, they took it to pieces, put it on a barge and sent it round the coast to Great Yarmouth, and apparently no glass was broken in the process. Wow. And that kind of story, like I just Like the Crystal Palace, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. It's the only other example, I think. Wow. Um, and there's a... a and I found it stressful putting up my greenhouse. So. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine there were some high stress levels at the wow. time. Yeah. And, and, and but Great Yarmouth never really had the, the ambition of a Blackpool, is that right? Oh, I, I think it did for a while. Um, and it was really, really popular. And if you talk to anyone from Blackpool, they say Blackpool is obviously the best. <laughs> but, you know, I think the two are pretty well matched in their surviving architectural history, and I'm a bit of a sucker for that. Very good. Now, when did you last send a postcard? I sent a postcard from Scarborough, appropriately enough. Um, when I went there in the Easter holidays, I sent it to my parents. Very good. I probably would have sent more in previous years but um, now it's just my parents that get them and they have a little notice board where they pin up all their postcards I try and sort of pick a nice arty interesting looking one um, but I have noticed that all the postcards on that board are now only from me <laughs> so <laughs> and all, all seaside resorts presumably pretty much yeah do you find yourself doing the classic you know the first lines about the weather uh, yeah always yeah <laughs> I think that's obligatory, yeah, isn't it? Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, before we discover the cards that Catherine and Victoria have brought along, um, I'll give you a quick card of mine. Uh, this is, of course, a postcard from the past uh, card, like I do on the Twitter, uh, on that past postcard. Um, an old card from which I've selected just a part of the message. Um, so to somewhat with, in, in honour of your expertise, <laughs> uh, Catherine, the first one is a rather glamorous card, actually. <laughs> that's from, great. 
I never know how to say that. Is it Tainmouth? Tenmouth? I think it's Tinmouth. Tinmouth. There you go. And um, so you can see it's a, it's a sort of blonde bombshell, really. Mm. Um, a woman very, very happy um, about <laughs> holding a beach ball. Um, unusual card, actually. I've only ever seen this particular example of it. Um, it's, it's a bit glamorous for an English seaside mm, resort, yep. I think. Um, and the message that I uh, selected from the back... Uh, by the way, 1964, this one, mm. July. Um, and the message was... Have flayed the skin of my gammy leg. Very painful. <laughs> that doesn't so, really sort of match the, match the photo on the front, does I, it? I think she's smiling through the pain. Yeah, maybe she is. <laughs> I mean... Well, that, that didn't take long, so I'll, I'll do another quick one. This is, um, this is a place that I know you know, Catherine. So, uh, Wells next to the sea. Beautiful. Extraordinary colour. And that mm. might have been after some kind of nuclear explosion. <laughs> but um, or the card is coffee-stained. Uh, it's a sunset. Um, and this is a little bit later. This is 1972. The old uh, pink 2.5p stamp. And it was sent uh, to Cambridge. Um, and the message... Uh, well, it's, uh, it's, it's, I suppose it's an example of um, the two sides of life, really. We have all caught the sun. Also, a sickness germ. So um, one thing you might wish for and another, Not so another much. less desirable. If but, you um, don't have norovirus on your holiday, then have you really been on holiday? Precisely, mm. precisely. I, I, in fact, sickness is a big part of... Isn't that right? You stop, you stop work, you relax. Exactly, your immune system. It catches up with you. <laughs> um, we've all had holidays like that. Well, just to let you know at home, uh, images of all the cards we discussed today uh, are on the blog, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, so you can investigate for yourself and see that we're not making it up. Um, now, Catherine and Victoria, you've been kind enough to come up the stairs to the studio uh, with some postcards of your own. Victoria, let's start with you. Mm. Um, the first card you've brought, you haven't actually brought. No. <laughs> it's a card that you wanted to bring. I was just thinking about that when you said that. We're not going to lie to the listener being on the blog. So tell me, tell, tell me about this card. <laughs> I have that, to fess up about yeah, uh, uh, the what, fact that it's not physically with us, but... It's one of those frustrating things where I remember the last place that it used that it was before <laughs> I moved it to a safer place. Oh, We've yes, all been the there. Place. We always do that, and you remember the place before. So um, the postcard that I don't have with me today is normal postcard sort of size, except that it is shaped like a mozza bread. Okay. Yes. Um, what shape is that then? What, it's like a like a like a giant cracker, really. I okay, suppose. Okay. Yeah. Sort of Beveled edges. So does it? Yeah, so does it, is it not not it's properly a, square? A per, then? It's it's well. It's um. I mean, what's this? Normal postcards are sort of a rectangle, isn't it? It is square. It's a square, mozza shaped postcard. Very good. And it would be stamped <laughs> with a Jerusalem postmark. Okay. Um, from two thousand and one. Um, and the card that I really wish I was clutching right now, uh, I remember, and it's very special and very poignant to me um, for many reasons, but uh, it came from a childhood best friend of mine. And it was her first trip to Israel. Um, and it really marked the start of the a dramatic change for the rest of her life, really. She was uh, raised as a secular Jew, right. um, didn't really practice, didn't go to synagogue, her parents weren't very observant, um, and then she went to Israel uh, in between, sort of the gap years between our university uh, academic terms, and really fell in love with the place and found her place in the world. Wow. And it really, you know, it, it 
it basically um, inspired uh, her religious journey. She's now very orthodox. Uh, her husband is a rabbi. She's and a she's in Israel, is she? No, she's, they've, they've moved back now, okay. actually, um, and they run um, a synagogue together. They've got four children. Right. Um, and I, I believe I'm her only Gentile friend. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's just really interesting to me be, to remember this postcard in particular because it was so... Um, it was obviously so inspirational for her. I, I've just... So do we catch this moment of her excitement mm, yes. and her transformation? Exactly. Wow. And it's really on the cusp of it. And it's, you know, to, to dramatically alter the, the mm. sort of path of someone's life and to be to have sort of physical evidence of that first moment. So, is, And you've got really a transcript of this. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, I've always found it fascinating. And, and, you know, when I've taken to writing fiction, I've written a lot of um, kind of, I guess, vignettes or slices of life relating to this moment, just because it's it's always been so interesting and important to me um, and I just wanted to pick out a couple of lines um, from this postcard and it began with shalom good uh, greeting and then uh, she writes uh, it's such a magical beautiful place I feel like I've been blessed when I decided to come out here I was so scared but it's one of the best things I've ever done and then she details some of the things she did for example kayaking down the Jordan River mm. driving through the Judea desert floating in the Dead Sea quad biking so um, good tourist things yeah, yeah great on the spiritual tourist journey things. exactly <laughs> shopping in Tel Aviv and then it gets a bit deeper she says um we've had some really deep special moments here we went to the uh, wailing wall on Tishbaav which I you know, forgive my pronunciation there, I hope that's correct. The saddest day in history for Jews, where you fast to commemorate the destruction of the first and second temples in Jerusalem. Uh, it was such a humbling experience. And then here's the killer moment that, that really has made me stop and think all these years. I can tell that life is going to be so different after this. Wow. And I just think, you That's know, a privilege to have that on a postcard. It's amazing, isn't it? And, and the fact that, you know, our lives have taken very different paths. We were best school friends, you know, in, in that sort of incomparable, inseparable teenage relationship way where you, we described each other as soulmates. We, yeah. you know, we spent all our sort of waking moments together. Um, and it's been a long process. It's been about 15 years now where we've had to kind of struggle a little bit and talk our way through our very different lives. You know, I'm living a very secular life. I'm an atheist. She's very religious. Um, you know, it's been very difficult, but We've come back together now and we have shared experiences again. We're both mothers. Um, we have all of that history and nostalgia and, and the memories. And it's a really sort of beautiful and I think lifelong friendship that we have. So how did you feel, Victoria, when you received this card? Can you remember? Uh, I remember a little envy because she was away doing something completely different, you know, outside of our previous experiences just a whole new life and, and a bit sad I, I think sort of prematurely at the, at the fact that I could sense that our lives are going in different just directions pulling away yeah exactly and I guess it's just kind of something that everyone has to go through with their you know teenage relationships whether that's romantic relationships or familial or, or friendships it's but often actually also I suppose you know friendships kind of change and evolve mm. it's rarely expressed, written down mm. so clearly and defined like that. Mm. Normally people sort of drift in different directions in life. Mm. But you held on to the card. Yes. Yes, I did hold on to the card. Um, and it's interesting. It's, it sort of feels sometimes like a moment of prescience. You know, how, why did I hold on to this card? Was it just because it's an unusual shape and because um, it's kind of a funny, you know, image or whatever? But given 
the sort of significance that it later proved to have. I'm, I'm so glad it did, it did. And it's actually inspired so much of my fiction writing um, and poetry since, just because it's such a clear kind of, it's kind of a loss and a, and a grief and then a redemption and a, and a redefining of, of those sort of boundaries of a relationship, I think. And there's no reason why this serious stuff Mm. can't be put on a postcard. Mm, mm. I know, it's unusual, perhaps, but... Thank perhaps... God you haven't lost it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> very good. Well, thank you very much for sharing uh, what she shared with you, mm. with, 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 with us and the listeners. You're welcome. Now, Catherine, I think you've, you're breaking the rules. I think you've actually got two for the price of one here with your first card cards. Um, the first one, I think, is something that you inherited, is that right? Yeah, so this one... Um... I started collecting postcards probably as a teenager, but I didn't really have a purpose. I didn't have a kind of defined area of collection. I just liked the the feel of them and the pictures. And there was, I grew up in a little, little town in Devon and there was a shop there, sort of gift shop there. And she had very nice postcards. Um, I remember some with, they were artists drawn with animals on and I used to go in her <laughs> shop. And I think I must have told this lady that I collected postcards. And I guess they're pocket money priced. Absolutely, yes. So it's it's not a major investment, is it? It's an easy thing to collect mm. when you're quite young and you can have a lot of them without taking up too much space. So um, Yes, you have to explain that to my wife. <laughs> I know, exactly. Yes, I still I do have that issue with my husband. Um, but this one, um, it wasn't sent to me. So it was sent to the owner of this shop. Because when she learnt that I collected postcards, she gave me her collection of postcards. Ah. And I don't think that she was a collector per se. I think she just couldn't throw them away. And she had a lot. And some of them I remember, you know, there were some from places like Tunisia. And I looked at these cards and just thought, oh, how amazing, these wonderful places. And I think it probably helped inspire a bit of wanderlust Mm. in me, actually. Um, But some of them are just fairly ordinary Um, and they were sitting in my parents' loft until quite recently, this whole box of postcards, which I had alphabetised, um, which I'm slightly um, ashamed of. But um, Useful indexing skills for later. I don't know how I indexed them, actually, because some of them were a bit random. But um, now I collect postcards with seaside themes and I collect... Um, a subsection of my collection is John Hind postcards. Oh, yes. Um, and John Hind was a, just a master of colour photography quite early on and the postcards are always beautiful and particularly the ones of Devon and Cornwall where in the 1960s they were presenting a very kind of Mediterranean view of the West Country at the time when lots of people were going there in their cars, you know, the first time they could actually get there. So a lot of the ones I found, they refer to camping and caravanning because this was the cheap way of doing it. It's the time of sort of independence and and so funnily some of these pictures from these postcards from that box in my parents' loft are now sort of relevant again. And so you so, were, the seeds of your interest were... Yeah, they were there already. It's funny how that happens, <laughs> isn't yeah, it, actually? Exactly. I think sometimes you're, you're, you're lucky if you get to rediscover mm, the interest absolutely. you had early on. Absolutely. I don't think everyone gets to. No, exactly, and I do feel very lucky. Um, but I've, I've alighted on this one because it's just got a funny message on the back. It's a John Hine postcard from Port Mellon near Mevergissey, in Cornwall. With, with a, a nice red, is it a red jumper? Absolutely. The, As ever. the guy in the foreground is wearing a red shirt with rolled up sleeves, very looking good. very cash. Um, and the woman with him has a red cardigan draped over her arm, which may or may not have been provided by the photographer. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I think so. Uh, quite likely. Um, but it's just a funny message. It was sent um, on the 19th of August, 1985. 
to this lady who owned the shop, um, Edna, her name was. Um, and it's a, it starts, did you know I'd done a bunk? <laughs> I mean, where are we going from there? Can't say I feel at ease being here on my own. Oh. I know, exactly. And this was just given to you? You'd think it's in a you might hold on to that? I know, exactly. Is that I, a bunk I, from school, from a relationship, see, from, this is, from the country, from a prison? I mean, what could well, it be? I want the most dramatic yeah. answer to be true. All of those. Absolutely. <laughs> All of the above. But then, obviously, something's happened because it's, she says, hope you've recovered from Saturday. We were worried about you. Oh, and this is great. Getting better. When I knew this lady, she was, you know, getting on a little bit, being polite. Um, so this is a sort of different Edna. life. I know, Edna's exactly. What was she up to? Um, we get to the weather, of course. It's dry and sunny, but quite blustery. Um this She's is... covering her tracks now. Yes, exactly. Doing the important weather detail. This is where I was dragged up in one of the houses overlooking the bay. Tell Lynn and Felicity hello. Very good. There's a lot to unpack there. I know. I'm working on David to join me on Friday evening for the weekend. Oh, See you soon, Margaret. That saucy devil. There's David. an awful lot in there. And, and I wish, you know, I could go back and see this lady and say... What was this all about, you know? Um, but it was just in among all these postcards. And I think as a child, I'm not sure I even read the backs of these, really, mm. because that's not what it was about. It was about the nice pictures. But looking back on it, I just kind of think, oh, I wish I'd got to know this lady a bit mm. more um, just from this postcard collection. That tales of a life. That, that picture, yeah. presumably, would about... 15 to 20 years old when you got the card. In 85, yeah, yeah, I mean, could I well be. I thought that was late 60s. It does look image. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But they had, it's funny how the the images on cards linger for years and yeah. years. I mean, you can go down now to Piccadilly Circus and buy cards, not not sold as a retro item, but where the pictures are mm. yeah. at least exactly. 20 years out of date. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is this a common theme from that time, do either of you know? You know, having the two people perfectly poised yes. in the oh, very in, in with the red. Publisher, yes. yeah. What about in the colours? Oh, OK. Yeah, absolutely. They they would... Ha um, the photographers would wait for exactly the right mm. sky, you know, if, even if it took a couple of days, and then they would take sort of pot plants with them as well. Um, hydrangeas were props. very good. Yeah, yeah. A sort of nice pink flower was good in the mm. foreground and they would put them there. Um, so absolutely, yeah, the, the red in that is the sort of pop of colour. It's really... Who's yeah. that? Um, is it taken by John Hyde? No, it's E... Oh, I can never pronounce his name. Nagel. Oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, what I love about these is that it does... Um, give the attribution to the photographer as yes, well. It's saying there's a seriousness that this is about a, it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, there's a, yeah. an artistry about it um, that is unusual. I don't think any of the other publishers did that, did they? No, no, really. To, you barely get a proper publisher's credit sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I think they owned it totally as well. There was no sense of, you've done the photograph now. Yeah. Um, I wonder no, what they, the print run would have been on these kind of things. They, you know, the exposure well, that these, on these photographers yeah. would have got is probably more than... Some well, great they, works they, of are, they are known known photographers now, the, the John mm. Hyam photographers. Now, we've sn we're sneaking in yeah. too, so we better move on to this second okay. one. Okay, so this second one is... Not, it's not done a bunk, this one. No, no, and this one is from me. I mean, I was away from home, uh, but I was legitimately away from home. In fact, with my school, on a school trip. Ah, perfect um, time to send a postcard. Exactly, and the postcard on the front shows Port Merion in North Wales... Um, very nice village built there by Clough Williams Ellis. Um, all kind of eclectic mix of architecture on the coast in Wales. A kind of idealised village, um, famous for the prisoner. Of course, yes, um, yes. But obviously I, I had no concept of that a bit before my time. But um, I sent it to my grandparents and I said, I'm having a great time here at Butlins. So oh. I had been on 
something called Adventure Week that they used to run. And this is in 1988. I was 11. Um, they used to do this, it was kind of to get, before the holidaymakers came in, they'd have these hundreds, possibly thousands of kids <laughs> at Easter time. Oh and it was God. sort of training for the red coats and all the staff, kind of to get them. And, and a cheap holiday for cheap the kids, Cheap holiday for the kids, yeah. And so we did, we went off on visits, but we also did kind of um, lots of the activities in Butlin. So I remember going on the boating lake, doing abseiling, and my teacher kind of falling down head first. Um, <laughs> We did basket weaving, and um, I got a certificate for my acting in the acting class. Um, so well we stayed done. at well done. Thank you very much. I'm quite proud of that actually. Um, so we stayed at Butlins Patheli, and oh, I said, yes. "It's not there anymore. It's a housing estate. Um, the food's not too good, and the chalets are pretty cold. But I'll manage." Oh, oh, yeah, I know. I'm really, I know exactly. <laughs> it's a um, but I, I can distinctly remember you had to queue up in a line to go into the dining hall to eat. Um, and very often the rubbish lorry would come round at the same time. So there was this kind of standing joke among it would go up and down the line of these children, you know, here, here they're dropping off lunch, you know. Oh, and yes. there was also this thing where the, the waiters, uh, when it came to pudding, they would start at one end of really long tables and they'd have the jelly and they'd kind of launch it down the table. And sometimes it just flew off the end, which obviously cr- created great uproar among these 11-year-olds. So um, I remember it was a really fun trip. Um, and yet I chose not to send a Butlins postcard. Um, I said, I hope you like the card. It's a picture from Port Marion Village with lots of beautiful buildings. Very we went there good. on Sunday. Um, and this is fascinating to me. It, this sat in my postcard collection in the loft. And I had completely forgotten about it. I think my parents, my grandparents must have given it back to me. Um, but it was just sitting there. And my mum found it and she said, oh, you'll like to read this one. Because I... In 2016, I wrote the official history of Butlins. It's um, amazing, isn't it? Yeah, complete. And had you sort of, had you slightly obliterated this little proto-Butlins trip you did? Or were you, have you always been aware that you had that at the back of your mind? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I quite enjoyed it, but I think it felt a bit uncool at the time as well in the late 80s. You know, it wasn't a great period for Butlins um, <laughs> no, and the British Seaside generally. Close to being the end, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, the two Butlins closed in 1983 and I was going in 88. So, yeah, it was a tricky mm-hmm. period because they weren't getting all the, the visitors that they needed. So things, I mean, even as an 11-year-old, you could tell it was feeling a little bit run down. A bit tired. A bit tired, yeah, the paintwork and stuff. And it just, you know, so it did have that air about it. And it felt okay for a school trip, but you kind of thought, oh, well, I wouldn't go home and say, please take me back again. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, what I remember now is that it gave me an opportunity to do some of the things that I've written about. You know, I, they had these amazing swimming pools, which were indoor, but in the side of the pools, they had windows, oh, yes, plate glass, yes, yes. so you could see people swimming Were they inside. giving the view onto the bar, some of them? Yeah, that's right. I've yeah. seen the pictures. So, of those, yeah. Exactly. They're wonderful postcards. Yeah, yeah. So you could sit in the cafe drinking your your cup of tea, whatever, and you could see all these legs swimming past. You know, you, oh, wow. People said you, could, you just couldn't get up to anything because everything was on show. That's it's a visionary idea. Though. Yeah. That's brilliant. It is. Brilliant. Like, Billy Butlin called them human aquariums, oh. and I love that. But yeah, I, got, I did get to swim in one, you know, before they ceased to be. So I kind yeah. of yeah. I kind of pleased about that. And, and it's only latterly that I kind of realised that because um, my parents weren't really the kind to go to Butlins. Mm. So without that, I wouldn't have had mm. that experience. Have you been to stay in a Butlin since? I have, yeah. I've been to Minehead um, after I wrote the book and I stayed in their brand new chalets with my family and it was great and we had the dining package and it was 
you know, all you could eat, fantastic food. And yeah, we had a we had a great I time. I bet it's absolutely nothing like that experience that you remember. Nothing like this absolutely experience, no. Completely no, different. but it is kind of ha- having gone back to the 1930s mm. when Butlin started um, through their archive and kind of seen everything that was on offer there and through the 50s heyday and just there was this sort of real sense of excitement about going there. Mm. Uh, and I wish I could have gone then. But, you know, we had a nice time. So it's kind of... Um, the history is a funny thing, isn't it? Because or, or the past is a funny thing. Because you kind of grow up... We don't really live in the present. We live in the immediate past to the extent that all the stuff around you has been created in the past. Yeah. And um, the seaside is a very good example of that. I think when you go to the seaside, very often what you're actually looking at is um, the kind of accumulation of developments in that place up to this point. Absolutely. And you're specifically looking at those old things, mm. the old pier, the old winter mm. gardens, as you mm. say. Or, and, and there's that sense of... Um, slightly reveling in the past. Mm, the nostalgia. And why, is that, yeah. why does the seaside make you do that? I think because it is that accumulation. Because even things like ice creams and sticks of rock, donkeys, you know, they all go back a long way. And they're part of what we think of. They're part of... They're an inherent part of what the seaside is. So it's your own childhood, but beyond as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of an inherited consciousness of, <laughs> of that sort of holiday expectation. So there's a Jungian archetype of the seaside <laughs> deep in our unconscious. I'll go with yeah. that. I'm going to say so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, very good. Thank you very much for sharing those cars with us. And, and um, actually, we see a bit of a germ of your career in those yeah. cars, which is terrific. Um, I've taken the opportunity to bring in a couple of extra cards here that are sort of not in the past postcard style, really, but are kind of on the seaside because I see so many seaside mm. cards. I thought I'd share these with you today. Um, here's one to have a look at, both of <gasps> you. Oh, wow. The Sands Blackpool, Little Girl on a Donkey. I suppose what interested me about that, is it about 19... 19- 1908, I think that was. Yes, yeah. Yep. Um, I don't think that girl is on a donkey, or I think she, I don't. Oh. Think the, I don't think the donkey's on the beach. Oh, the do- oh you think yeah. the, the beach has been added later? Something feels wrong to yes, me. The scale, the scale is off, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> because the guy that's kind of manning or, or, or holding he's a donkey the boy. Of the donkey is yeah. much bigger than he probably should, should be compared to the people in the background. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's funny, actually a bit of the it? old Cold War Steve about this. <laughs> but I think there's yeah. been some cut and paste done. Yeah, um, I love, I love how Edwardian sort of Photoshop. It is and just mm. in, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I like those photo montages, mm. and so it just, yeah. it just caught my eye. I mean, I didn't, I didn't buy it specifically. It, it came in a job lot of cards, yeah, but I, I held on to that. Um, but I think we need your eye on this one, Catherine, Ooh. because what now are these? Are they bathing machines? No, are they those huts? are beach huts. Hu- yeah. What model are they? Do you know what? That's quite interesting because these could be potentially some of the first beach huts in the country. So where are we? We're in Felixstowe. Yeah. And the date is 1905. And um, so up until the end of the 19th century, it was common for people to um, use bathing machines, so like beach huts on wheels. and that's Which was kind of the my... way of protecting your modesty yeah. as you went into the water. that's kind of my other postcard, so we're coming on to that. But... Um, there was a campaign in the 1890s to change that. And um, I've got photographic evidence from about 1896 of beach huts at Felixstowe. And so, you know, these are these are really early. That's the first documented place I could find in all my research which actually had them as opposed to, you know, bathing machines that had their wheels taken off. But so. these look a bit like that, don't they? they don't oh, look, yeah. They're yeah. not like the permanent ones up on the cliff, cliff uh, no. in front of the cliff. On the they're, still the bluff. Very, they're still very much on the beach, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're changing huts, effectively. Um, yeah, nice picture. That's lovely. <laughs>
There you are. Uh, I don't want to tread on your toes, but uh, a hint of the seaside in the days gone by. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to Podcast from the Past, the Postcard Podcast, and my guest today are writer Victoria Richards and historian of the seaside, Catherine Ferry. Now, Victoria, what is the second card you have for us today? Right, well, um, on the front of this card, I've been wanting to, to describe it as a snow fox, but I've realised that that's probably inaccurate and it's, it's simply a fox in the snow. Right, so nice it's um, <laughs> a very sort of fluffy, cute, pensive almost, I think you'll agree, oh, yeah. uh, looking, yeah, he's wistful. looking fox. <laughs> he's thinking about perhaps a lover or, a, I don't know, a, a, a lost career opportunity, something. Anyway, he's been caught entirely naturally <laughs> um, he's, he's not a stuffed fox like well, I, mean, I don't think he is I'm I mean. not no. sure he doesn't look he looks I think he's real quite vibrant um, and this was sent to me last year I think yes last year from Japan it's got a Japan, lovely Japanese uh, pagoda on the, on the stamp there and a little rabbit as well and it's uh, I used to live in Japan so oh, okay. um, in 2003, I went to live there for a couple of years and taught English, like lots of people do, um, after I graduated from university. And I had some students that I remembered really fondly, but but as is sort of inevitable, I guess, I, you know, I went out there just after graduating. And when I came back from Japan, I stayed with my parents for a bit. And then I moved back to Wales and trained to be a journalist. And then I moved back to London. So my addresses have moved. And at the time when I went over to Japan, there was, I didn't use Facebook or or Twitter or any sort of social media. So I kind of thought that I'd left 
all of those lovely connections mm. back in Japan until last year oh, right. when one of my former students uh, tracked me down. And what is interesting, I think, about this postcard is that the reason for this, you know, it's been a 13-year absence. I haven't been, or, or longer wow, than that, 14 um, years since I was in Tokyo teaching. And she was inspired to write to me because of Brexit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. That's what I find so wonderful. And I'm just going to read... Um... She didn't send a food parcel as no. well. <laughs> <laughs> but she may well have done. So uh, I'm just going to read. It's really lovely the way the translation has sort of, you know, mm. kind of enhanced the sentiment. So she says, Hi, Victoria. Sorry for the sudden card. I'm worrying about this makes you feel surprised. And then she says, you know, it's been a long time. I hope you remember me. Uh, Teiko, a Japanese friend of yours. And then she says... Britain must be facing a tough time, but hope you have a calm moments with your loved ones. Oh. Take care. There's a poetry. I know, lovely. it's beautiful, it's beautiful. And I just, you know, I, I, I sort of found it very, um, I guess, poignant, but also quite amusing. And just it's mm. this lovely kind of, you know, moment from someone in Japan thinking of us suffering in Britain, <laughs> as we still yeah. are today. But it sort of emphasises the fact that I don't know how it's being reported in Japan, mm. but it sounds like it's it sounds like Britain's in crisis, mm. which I guess day to day we're not. Mm. You know, we're all getting on. Yes. Uh, whatever the politics of it all, we're, we're all sort of surviving. But also, you know, it reminds you how far away different parts mm. of the world are. But you can you can cross those boundaries with a postcard. Yeah, exactly. And I'd love to know what it was. You know, what particular piece of footage or or which newspaper headline you know has made her think I should write I should write yeah. to England. <laughs> It reminds me of cards you see from sort of before the Second World War. You know, is everything all right with yeah. you? Yeah. But, um, Did you get I, back I, in touch with her? Yes. Well, again, it's it's kind of, I think we've been lost because by the time this got to me, it's actually got a redirection sticker on there mm. too. Um, and by the time I wrote back, the, the redirection sticker was 2017 and... Um, it's, there's been there's been just months yeah. and months between this, so I haven't heard from her again. Oh, so it's sadly. taken a long time to get to you. Yeah, it took ages oh, to get to that's me. That's quite exciting. Um, so, you know, and, and maybe I mean maybe she's writing a response. Maybe she's waiting to see the outcome of of the Brexit situation, and then I'll get another <laughs> postcard. Yes. If so, I'll I'll bring it in. I'll let but you know. Perhaps like Boris Johnson, she's preparing two <laughs> parallel <laughs> <Exactly>. postcards. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very nice. I think it's nice to get cards from overseas mm. as well. And um, it's so exciting. Mm. You don't have to be a child to be excited to get a postcard. No. It's a nice thing to get. Well, thank you for sharing Lovely. that with us. And I'm glad people are concerned about us. Yes. It's rather sweet, yeah. So, Catherine, what's the last card you have for us today? Well, inevitably, I'm going back to the seaside. Good. But I thought I would go back a bit further in time. So I'm going back to 1904. And I've got a slightly saucy card here. I think there's always room for that. Um, so we have um, a picture. It's, a, it's an illustrated card, not a photograph. Um, we've got three bathing machines. And sitting on the steps of the one in the foreground, we have a lady with slightly sort of curly hair. She's got a necklace. She's wearing a bathing costume. But one of the straps on her arm oh. is sort of, yes, it's fallen it down midway. And there's saucy. a bit of a cleavage showing there. She's tying up her shoelace. They used to wear these sort of... Um, beach shoes with like ballerina pumps oh. with um, ribbons up the ankles oh, right. and um, she's in this sort of slightly saucy pose and then in front of her is another lady with one leg on the step of the bathing machine she's wearing one of the kind of these Edwardian costumes that's full body but there's a deep V at the back oh. so um, showing off plenty there and she's got her hands up touching her head um, and then there's a, a rather portly looking man 
looking on in his striped bathing costume, his handlebar moustache there, um, looking fairly pleased with himself, mm. I'd say. He looks transfixed with the... Exactly. Uh, what's going on in front of him, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. But what's lovely about this image is that, that he, um, the writing on the back as well, it's, it's written to Harry Vernon, who was at 33 Ironmonger Row, St Luke's, London. OK. Um, and it was sent from Southend-on-Sea. Oh, so right. I wonder whether the... Is the St Luke's in the East End? I don't know. I don't know. Sure. No, Ironmonger Row. I mean, it sounds like kind of... Been in the city, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure, but um, it's sent in August, so maybe it was an August bank holiday, yes. um, which would make sense. And um, the message says, how does this strike you for two fine pair of legs? Ooh. Lilies and mine. Tut, tut, her figure was all her own. That is you standing, looking on with longing eyes, gazing fondly on at the legs. Oh, wow. This is, the, the, this is sexting There's in a, ge- a genuine yes. connection between the message and the picture in this case. Exactly. Um, and you don't always get that, do you? you no, get, no, you no. Get no. Quite I, mean, a I, I play on the disparity. Exactly, right? exactly. But this one, he's obviously chosen this card very specifically with the aim of writing these things. Um, and then he says, we all went to wash our tootsies this morning and made the water so dirty, <laughs> which I love. That's good. Um, yeah, and it's it's just from a moment as well. Um, 1904, mixed bathing is still mm. a relatively new thing at right. that time. So, um, it, And would that, the, the beach, um, the bathing machine, yep. would that be true to that period or is yep. it a bit archaic? No, that's, that's off no, the no, time. No, they're, they're still very much in use at that point. But the latest thing is to have the beach hut and then rather than sort of change in your bathing machine in the sea so that you can just directly step out into the water and nobody really sees you, now this is a period when you when it's OK, it's morally acceptable, or beginning to be more so, to, to be seen walking across the beach in your bathing costume, wow. which means that you get cos- um, fashions in bathing costume now because if nobody saw them, there was mm, no point in having fashion. No, exactly. So this is, this is sort of making a comment on fashions as well, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, there was this campaign in the 1890s, a newspaper campaign, where people who were relatively wealthy had been onto the continent and seen how people bathed there, men and women together, aghast. But they were OK. There were no mass orgies or anything. You know, everybody got on with it. It was fine. Um, and so they wrote into the newspapers and said, look, why can't we do this in this country? Up until that point, people had been segregated on the beach. So there was a, a men, male section of the beach where the men's bathing machines were and then there was a female section. Um, and in part, that was because a lot of men refused to wear any clothes, which right. is something that people don't really know about. It's such a complicated sort of anthropology mm. it is. around it's something fascinating. so simple. Yeah, I mean, if but you it, take a child really onto the beach, they will run into the water, mm. splash around, start crying <laughs> yeah. and come back again. Yeah. And really, that's all any of us want to do. Yeah. But they codified it mm. so much. It's amazing. Absolutely. And you had to pay for it, of course. So you couldn't just swim in the sea for free at most resorts. You had to pay for the experience. Wow. Right. So it's a money-making thing. Which is pretty thing, undemocratic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, and the idea that you'd have to do that now, I think people would be up in arms, mm. but that was absolutely what people expected to mm. do. To who? To sort of what the local government yeah, the, the people body who of the owned, town? Well, people who owned the bathing machines. They oh, were providing the a service, a service wow. rather. So, um, yeah, so um, there's kind of a lot going on in this image about... Mm. And obviously, as soon as you get mixed bathing, you get all these cards about the the male voyeurs mm. looking on and and the women sort of the freedom element yes. about yes. it. So um, yeah, and, and people are undressed. Mm. Absolutely, you know, this, and, 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 is, this is, would be always. a transgression anywhere else. Yeah, in, mm. exactly in, in the open air. That's right. Yeah, I love the way the language reflects. You know what was considered risque then, mm. and if we were to. Comp- 
compare it to today, obviously, it's just so starkly <laughs> yes. different, isn't it? Yes, it's definitely exactly. cheeky, though. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Both the picture and the, and yeah. the writing. Surprisingly yeah. so, isn't it? Yeah, but that's what I like about it because I think we have this kind of vision of people in that period as mm. being quite staid. Yes. Uh, and, you know, they were just the same as us, really. You've only got to read the back of postcards to see that, haven't yeah, you? Oh, totally. And I think um, that the, to be honest, that's the message I pick up from all the mm. many thousands of cards I yeah. look up is that lots of details of life change. But actually, you're, you're writing a card to someone you care about. You want the weather to be nice and you want to spend time with people you care about. Mm. And it's not, it's, it's only 100 years ago. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You think, you think we've evolved since then? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> it's our great grandparents, isn't it? Yes, yes, mm. yes. Well, that's fantastic. I a perfect summary of uh, some of your excitement and, and, and interest in the seaside. Thank you both so much for bringing your cards in. Um, I'm thrilled that you brought them in and share them with me and with the listeners. Um, another quick reminder, images of all these cards, even the shocking uh, seaside ones, um, are going to be on the blog, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, um, including one last one from me in the past postcard style, which you may be familiar with from Twitter and from the book. And um, this is a card of Great Yarmouth. Oh, how appropriate. a total coincidence, yeah. actually. Um, so uh, I must have been reading your mind. It's an extraordinary card, really. It's of a sort of waterway in Great Yarmouth. Oh, that is a sort of dragon boat going oh, down it. That has just been restored and reopened this year. Very good. News just did. Which, yeah. and, and who'd have thought they'd bother, actually? Because <laughs> it's an unusual thing to, to bother with. It kind of is, yeah. And this was 1961, um, sent to Bletchley in Buckinghamshire from... Um, it's hard to read the name of the correspondent. Someone sent to someone called Margaret. And um, it's not a sort of hilarious card, but I just thought the detail was interesting. Uh, 61, 1961. It says, we've only managed four bathes in the whole fortnight. The weather has been so awful. Apparently they only have good weather in Great Yarmouth now, I've heard. Mm, That's right. Um, We have been into Yarmouth to the cinema, a circus... And the Bruce Forsyth show. Oh, wonderful. All those years ago. All those years ago. Um, The bungalow is pretty awful, Mm -hmm. but it is very handy for the bus stop and beach, (laughs) so we don't mind. So I think there's. You've got the whole story in there. Yeah. And of course, it's a reminder why you have all these entertainments at the seaside in Britain. Because of the rain, yeah. Because you can't (laughs) guarantee the weather. You know, when you're holiday in Spain, you don't need all that stuff. No. But. Amusement arcades, shows on the end of the pier. Bruce Forsyth. Bruce Forsyth. What more do you need? It'll keep you busy. Yeah. You know, you you turn your eyes inland from the sea and entertain yourself that way. Um, Well, before we let uh, Victoria and Catherine back out into their worlds, um, doubtless to the seaside and, and in Victoria's (laughs) case, not to the shops, um, it's become customary for us to end the programme with uh, a card like this, which you may both be familiar with, but let's see. So here's a... A card for you both to have a look at. Use your powers of description on that one, Victoria. Well, <clears throat> it's a very familiar... Oh, well, I was going to say it's a very familiar... Yes, thing. I was going to say. Um, well, I was fooled. I was fooled. I thought yeah. it was a London bridge. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't. I... No, exactly. That, We've got a big looks... stone lion, haven't we? And that We've big got... dome there. I was thinking, oh, we're, we're in the vicinity mm. of St Paul's, but yeah, we are Yeah, it looks like St Paul's, all. exactly. It looks like very ornate um, stone bridge that could easily be yeah. one of London's beautiful, you know, landmarks. But am I yeah, meant to have looked on the back? So on the back, we see this actually a scene from Budapest. It's the chain bridge in Kettenbrücke. Oh, no, that's probably chain bridge. In Lankid, Lankid, Lankid. Yeah, I guess it's a bridge over the Danube. Yeah, Yeah, it must be, yeah. 
Amazing. And it's very, it's interesting, the feel of this as well. It's, it's kind of like a light plastic Are you supposed coating, to play it? isn't it? Well, it's, yes, it, it's a record. Yeah, because it has a hole in the middle. Oh, that's exactly. fantastic. Oh, you, you can see in the light, you can just sort of see, see the, the grooves. grooves. Of Absolutely. Well, what does it play? I think play? Tom's still awake, so <gasps> if we can just grab him, perhaps he could see if we can make it play. How exciting. Wonderful. Here we Ooh. go. Oh, this is the stuff. <laughs> This is the music of my dreams. Oh, it's oh. wonderful. <laughs> is this one person playing the entire thing? It feels a bit like one hand. Yes, off. yeah. <laughs> it's not quite a stylophone, but it's not far off. I always say this, but not bad for a piece of cardboard. Uh, incredible. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. What treats? I did not expect that to happen. No. <laughs> Oh, it's lovely, isn't yeah. it? How's your Hungarian? <laughs> Not good enough, <laughs> no, sadly. Very good. Oh, it's lovely. What a treat. Well, as the chain bridge over the Danube rotates at 33 RPM, that's it for this time on Podcast from the Past. I'd very much like to thank my first-class guests for sharing the postcards from their pasts. Victoria Richards and Catherine Ferry, thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. You can see more postcards with their messages posted every day on Twitter. Do follow me, at Past Postcard. And you can buy the book, Postcard from the Past, by me, Tom Jackson, at Amazon and all good booksellers. And if you're looking for podcast production, check out wardorstudios.co.uk. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.